Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Gary. And this is Daniel. Good to be back. Here we are. Yes, here we all are. together. And here yes. we are. It's good to be back together again and uh, and having a chance to record a podcast or two. Tonight, I think we'd like to start off with another I'd like to discuss the ninth step promise. Now, this is a uh, for most folks who attend a 12-step program of some type, the either a, a reading on the ninth step promise or a reading on acceptance are generally part of that meeting. Uh, I've just found over the years that the ninth step promise is a phenomenal phenomenal reading so gary if you'd read that and i think we ought to start with that don't you all right and please your use use your very best radio voice. my very best radio voice yes. okay i have not rehearsed this perfect we'll stumble through it here we go the ninth step promise if we are painstaking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we are halfway through we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. I love this reading. I love this reading. I don't know why it is, but uh, some of my very early days on and, and um, in our SAA group, uh, the first time I heard that, I was just uh, just absolutely blown away by the promises there that are prevalent and, and stated, and I appreciate that. And I've come to see those things in my own life. I'm certain that each one of you have as well. What are some of the first words that jump off of that to you? Ooh, we could take this line by line. We could. And <laughs> we maybe could. we will. Maybe we're about to because the first one that jumps out to me is painstaking. Thank you. That's the first one I wrote as well. <laughs> I love that word because I think that's very descriptive in terms of what it means for the kind of effort that's required for recovery. Painstaking effort. This is a this is not a game. Recovery is not a game for the passive or this or the uh um, um soft-hearted I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, what does painstaking mean? Well, you know, I was I was just going to look it up. the The word I haven't looked it up yet, but what it somebody look it up. What it feels like to me is if you stake something on something, you're risking it. Sure. Okay. So I'm painstaking. I'm risking pain to do this. Yeah. So the actual. Uh definition is done with or employing great care and thoroughness mm-hmm. so you're risking something yeah. you're you're right. investing heavily in it right yeah being yeah. very 
that's I'm just that's what it kind of I love the word me. pain too as part of that because I think uh, uh, there's no question about it that as painful as addiction was it's interesting to think of sort of the root word of painstaking as being pain but recovery has its element of pain as well it's uh it's reco- it's forcing us to to get out of our comfort zone and to do some things differently yeah so love the word well the other thing you know in that that first uh line you know phase of our development yep. i mean I a lot of us too. you know kind of just see this as you know, before we start working, it's just like, man, this is just overwhelming. There's nothing that we can do to overcome it. There's that kind of negative mindset. But once you kind of realize that this is just a phase and it's still, it's it's achievable, It's you can overcome it. It takes work, you know, back to that painstaking. You got to definitely put in the work. It's not going to be easy, but it's just a phase. And then even when you slip or relapse, you know, there's nothing lost there. You're still learning. You're still moving forward um, because the addiction has this negative tendency to show that it's it's impossible to overcome and, you know, there's no change coming f- from it. I love the idea of a phase. That's a very hopeful word, it actually, is. That, really that this is, is a temporary situation, that things are going to be different. Right. Yeah. You know, and in fact, that slips right into the next line before we are halfway through or we will be amazed before we are halfway through. Right. And when I look back on the on the early part of my recovery, and even now, but before I had a year, within my first year, I remember thinking I could not conceive that my life could be so good. And mm-hmm. it was still a huge mess, but it was so much better than it was when I started. Past, yeah. Sure. yeah. No, I mean, I don't know how to import this. I, I, amazed is really good. I could... I could not have dreamed, even in my wildest dreams, I couldn't conceive that it was as good as it was. Yeah, I think we all experienced that. I think we've all experienced it. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of leads into the, that, that next sentence, you know, found a new freedom and happiness, or excuse me, going to know, you know, because especially for me, you know, I'm over two years clean now, and even when difficult things happen, you know, I, I'm not spiraling down into that pit of despair and then, jumping into my addiction it's just like all right cool you know what do i need to do to move forward right what do i need to do you know it's life on life's terms what do i need to do what's the next step what's the Uh, next right thing yeah the the next right thing um and you can still find happiness in that despite even something being crummy so it's it's really nice to have that where before it was just like oh it's the end of the world you know that catastrophizing uh thinking era where it's like it's the end of the world how am i going to pay my bills how am i going to do all these things it's just like all right this happened what's the next right thing so that it doesn't get to that point right right i i i remember also in that first those the that beginning of my recovery how i had hope for the first time i could remember in my adult life i had hope and that was a new kind of freedom. Sure. You know, every day wasn't full of, oh, the the constant anxiety of, of getting found out <laughs> or busted or, right. or the guilt of mm-hmm. having acted out or, you know, it was, everything was different. Yeah. You know, there was still a lot of work to do, but. Different in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Next phrase that stuck out to me, uh, uh, jump ahead a little bit, not regret the past. I think, uh. Um, there's been so much pain associated with the past 
as we move on into recovery and we start thinking about the past, we start dwelling on the pain and suffering that came as a result of our acting out mm-hmm. behavior. And I believe that I believe that that pain is relevant. That's certainly uh, that's certainly God given and helps us understand the, the sort of the wake of damage that we've caused. And I think that's relevant. But at some point in time, some point in time, uh, and I think I'm starting to understand this even now a little bit after having been at this for some time, is is that uh, those things that I engaged in <clears throat> have taught me an awful lot. Have taught me an awful lot, and probably have put me in a in a better place moving forward. Um, so the comment of not to regret the past nor close the door on it, mm-hmm. that idea of is the things that I experienced, the things that I went through, um, uh, have have helped me in a tremendous way in terms of moving forward, but also uh, provide a, a tremendous opportunity to reach out to others who may be who may be in the same spot. That's a that's a place of I understand where you're at kind of a thing. There's so, a there's a little aside that I want to point out sure. that I wasn't expecting when I first encountered this. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I thought that that meant maybe exclusively that I would be able to look back on the things that I'd done and maybe have a peace associated with it, sure. not feel the pain of it anymore. You know, which turned out to be true. But I've also found that that I don't look back on it and I don't regret giving it up. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? There's that euphoric recall that we're all familiar with. That that is faded. It's like, you know, no, I don't regret giving that up. I don't I don't regret losing that. Yeah. Which is again another one of those gifts of feeling just the twinge of pain that's still associated mm-hmm. with all that activity. Yeah. Because it makes you feel it makes you remember just mm-hmm. enough to remember that wow, I don't ever want to go back to that. And normally normally now if I have to revisit the past mm-hmm. and it's usually in the context of, you know, I, I committed, committed that if there was anything in my experience that would do some good or prevent some evil, that I would share that. Sure. Usually when I have to revisit the past, the, the overwhelming sensation that accompanies it now is a sense of gratitude. You know, I'm so grateful for what I've taken away from that experience. I'm so grateful that I'm not in the middle of that anymore. Right. You know, and then, on the heels of that is I, I better keep working so I don't go back, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Exactly. I mean, as far as the not regretting the past, where this really solidified for me was when, you know, as I was working with my own sponsees and they brought up things and it's like, oh, wait a minute, I've been there. And then I've, you know, given my my perspective on that and it's, it's helped them. And it's like, wow, there is a purpose for that. Despite, you know, the difficulties and the pain it brought along, I'm able to help other people because of that because I have a unique insight that helps in those situations. And I'm, you know, I'm sure even with our podcast, with our, you know, as we've been talking about these things, our unique situations have helped others. I mean, we've gotten emails where it has, and so, you know, there there is some validity to what we've gone through, and it's not just wasted. Right, right. Which is a great place to be. Which brings me to the next sentence. I think that jumps out to me anyway. I'm <laughs> interested in hearing your thoughts, but. The uh, the sentence for me is, you will know peace. Now, I don't know um, what it was like for you in your own addictive behavior. I'm assuming it was very much like mine, but one peace was not a word that we would have ever used no. in relation to describing that sort of acting out behavior. My life was nothing but chaos, mm-hmm. nothing but a mess, and peace was the furthest thing in the world from me. In fact, I kept thinking that my acting out behavior would bring me peace, and all I could ever find was was pain and misery. There was no peace in acting out. To comprehend serenity and to know peace. To know peace. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that yeah. sentence. When, you're, when your whole world, when you're in the middle of it, your whole world is nothing but fear and anxiety and depression and self-loathing. And anger. And anger and every, you know, every yeah. of the things like that. Well, I mean, I lived in a land of denial. And mm-hmm. what I interpreted as peace was really the moments between, in between getting caught where everything was just kind of okay, you know, and, you know, I was still doing the things I was doing. I know that tension was still there, but the peace was just that, that valley where nothing was happening. You know, then things would get caught, and then, of course, you know, there's all the, the stuff that comes from that. But from doing this work, yeah, there's definitely, I've come to understand what the actual serenity and peace is. It's not, you know, that, that valley. It's like there's just nothing to worry about. Everything's out there. I'm working hard. I'm doing my recovery, and there's nothing wrong. You know, even on the bad days, I don't have to worry about what my neighbor's going to think or, you know, my kids or anything like that because I know I'm doing the right thing. Interesting perspective. Uh, part of the reason I find that so interesting is because I never got caught. Mm-hmm. I was uh, at the point in time, uh, uh, pulled my wife aside and said, Hey, look, I've been dealing with this particular issue. I've been in counseling now for you know, six, eight months. I've gone through these stage one steps, things like that. That was the first she'd ever heard of sexual addiction, et cetera, et cetera. So being caught wasn't something that fit into my, mm-hmm. so, so my definition of what peace would look like had nothing to do with, of, of the, the space between mm-hmm. the times of being caught. But for me, it was just, it was just sheer and utter chaos. My life just, it, it, did, it didn't matter what it was that I was doing. It just never seemed to go well. Yeah, no, I, I had the same chaos, but that's how I interpreted that piece, which Interesting. is that, that lull in between. Mm. Now, now, the promise is going to start breaking this down in detail. Yes, it is. Yeah. As, as we jump into it, um, <clears throat> I just kind of want to point out that serenity or peace isn't confu- it shouldn't be confused with everything is easy. Or, or happy. There'll be no problems in your life. There'll be no problems in your life. It doesn't yeah. say that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so as we as we go into that, and, and I think a lot of, I know in the middle of my addiction, I confused happiness with, or or maybe not happiness is the right word, but that that thrill, that excitement, that, you, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh-huh. What I wanted was peace. But... <laughs> Exactly. I think that's what we all wanted. <clears throat> all right. So that's, oh, I love this one. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Great perspective. And no matter how far down the scale we've gone. I love that one because I think I've, I've often said that I've, I've done some truly terrible things, but the biggest mistake that I've, I think I made was believing the lie that I was beyond saving that I wasn't mm-hmm. worth redemption or the work, you know, and I love this, that no matter how far down you've gone, you can find meaning and purpose in it. You'll be able to help somebody else. Yeah. You know, I love the voice of warning of that as well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that each, each one of us sort of evaluate the room, if you will, and say, well, you know, I've not, wow, I didn't do anything as bad as he did, or I certainly wasn't anywhere near what that person did or Whatever the case may be, but the point being is, is that there legitimately is a scale here, yeah. and that is, is that if we think that this is as low as we possibly can go, no, 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 no. There's much lower here we can yeah. go. As low as I think I experienced, and as, as, as you know, much as I experienced in my own life, there is still a lower level. Yeah, 
And that's that's spooky to think of. That really is spooky to think of. Sobering. It yeah, is. I mean, it's just it, yeah. it's all dependent on opportunity and you know how far down the rabbit hole you start chasing it. One of the things I like to share with anybody who's just starting the path of recovery is is that um, you need to understand that where you may be acting out at this particular juncture won't be where you're acting out a year from now. Yeah. Or two years from now, or five years from now. Or six months from now. That's right. Yeah. So the place that you think that you're at at this particular time, unless you're willing to spend the time and effort to turn this around, you will find yourself in a new place, a very dangerous place potentially, yeah. uh, just some at some point in time down the road. And I, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, that happened to me. I mean, you guys both know. I mean, even though I was doing well in this area, I was still acting out, and I eventually did something completely new that got me into a lot of trouble. Right. Uh, definitely ended my marriage and caused a lot of other legal issues and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't for me, you know, just like I'm done. I'm really digging in. I'm I'm taking a look at this and being more intro- introspective and really uh, taking a deeper look at myself and not blaming others and really taking ownership. Um I can only imagine how much further down that hole I, I would have sure. gone. There's a little, there's a legitimate scale here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and and I know there's some things that I did not do that the two of you have done, but I know that's more likely due to I just didn't have the opportunity. Right. You know, I didn't have the time and the opportunity. Had that been there, you know, financially I had the money. You know, the opportunity was there, and I didn't work on this. I probably would have ended up there. I'll tell you that one of the most sobering conversations I had was with Gary, um, the very Gary who's part of our podcast, I'll say, uh, about his suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. Because I had never arrived at that place. And it was interesting as you and I sat and visited about that at some point in time to realize just how close I actually was to contemplating that. Because at that point in time in my life, as difficult and as dark of a place as I was, in my own mind anyway, at least reflecting on it now i had never really kind of contemplated suicide but i had i did reach a place where i had decided look that's not going to happen until my youngest graduates from high school and then at that moment when she had graduated from high school i was then making the decision to say am i going to say anything about this or am i going to take this to my grave and then the next step obviously would have been well I, I, there's no turning back yeah, now. I, I think yeah. i pointed out i said well that's the language i started to right. use <laughs> right yeah Amazing. So, so yeah. there really is a scale, and I think yeah. that's important to point out to our listeners. No, there is. Other thoughts? Um, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to comment on. We will see how our experience can benefit others. Um, just the thought that came to me is is one of the one of the things that I appreciate most about recovery is that it has given meaning outside of myself. It has given my experiences meaning outside of myself, you know, and great comment. I love, I love being able, I got to think of how to phrase it so that it comes off correctly. I'm very grateful that I can talk to a group or mentor somebody and say, Hey, look, this is what I've gone through. Please let me take one for the team. (laughs) Right. You know, listen to this, do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kind of jumps into that, that, that part there that we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, 
I think that's where we're kind of at at this point where, you know, we're not, we're not doing the podcast to, you know, be awesome, amazing people. Um, it, we're doing it to help others. Right. You know, we mentor these groups, not for accolades or anything like that. It's just to simply show up, you know, give some insight and help others with, you know, try to curb their thinking or try to see a different perspective because they're stuck in the middle of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love Shane's perspective or our common counselor's perspective on all of that is, is that, you know, we run the risk of losing what we have, but we don't give yeah. it away, yeah. which is a fantastic comment, fantastic insight, because that is so true. I don't believe those are his words. Uh, I believe that's uh, very much a part of SAA and a, mm-hmm. and a part of, of some of the work of Patrick Carnes as well. So, but, but it's so true if we're not willing to, to share what it is that we've gained what insights it is that we've gained to this point in time that we run the risk of losing what we have yeah and it's nice to be able to care about something yes yeah i think you're right i think you're absolutely right something does matter something does matter yeah and it's it's a it's a blessing to be in a mental and emotional state that you have the resources to do that yes Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's absolute truth Oh, I love that. I love the line that came just before that, that the feelings of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. And I, th- I think we've all been mired in feelings of uselessness <laughs> oh, yeah. and self-pity. And it's so nice not to feel that way. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Those are very much associated with addictive behavior. Yeah. Uselessness and self-pity. Absolute Because you're in that land of victimhood. Right. I, mean, I know I swam in that quite a quite often stance is a favorite place to be yeah sure. it's always like oh man the world is against me my wife is against me jobs against me or whatever you just everything the guy that cut me off man, he's a jerk he ruined my day you know it's <laughs> instead of just like maybe they're just they need to get somewhere faster maybe their wife's water broke we don't know mm-hmm. or you know maybe my wife is having a bad day today and I, I need to be aware of those things we're just so focused on ourselves and through this process, you know, that that lens gets flipped outward and you start saying, oh, wow, that person's probably having a bad day. Maybe I should see how they're doing. Maybe I should evaluate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next line for me was uh, fear. These, these are some incredible promises. We start really into, like you had mentioned before, Gary, that these, these lines are just coming at us fast. Yes. One at a time of just powerful, powerful promises. I love that. Fear of people or of ins- financial insecurity will slowly leave us. I'm self-employed. So that idea of financial financial insecurity is 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 always on my mind. Mm-hmm. And I remember right before I started therapy and I'd reached that place, I was one of the worst things that had happened. I'd lost some pretty significant clients and I was uh, that that feeling of I'm I'm falling apart. I'm unraveling here. So financial insecurity has, uh, uh, I understand that from a different perspective. I really get that. Interestingly enough, since recovery has started, I, my business is actually more profitable and better than it's ever been. Well, that's because you're better than you've ever been. <laughs> no, no, go, your your focus so is true. more on well, the work. No, go ahead, go ahead, and, and we can chuckle about that, but, the, but that's, that's true. The, that's the truth. I mean, you go through recovery, if you're painstaking about that process, you become a better version of yourself. Right. You know, and if you continue to strive to be the best version of yourself, that affects everything. You're a better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better employee, a better everything. Right. You know, when you're your best self, you're 
your yeah. best self. It's yeah. just an interesting perspective to see how it was that, that that fear of insecurity really does go away when you start focusing on what really matters. Yeah. Excuse me. So I, I love that. Uh, fear of people. I don't know that I necessarily experienced a fear of people per se. Uh, uh, to some extent, I guess I did in the sense that what, what if I ever get found out? Mm-hmm. What if my wife finds out? What if my family finds out? There was some fear in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, consequences in relation to how I live my life in relation to the gospel uh, that I participate in, the church that I participate with. All of those things were fears. Um, but but to walk into a room of people, I don't know that I necessarily uh, experience that, but I do know others who do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting comment as well. What a, what a tremendous promise. What a tremendous promise, a blessing to say, hey, these things, these fears will go away. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, that, again, I, that they, they definitely line up the, the sentences in the right way because, you know, mm-hmm. you go from that to, you know, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. I mean, I know several times there'd be situations that I would be in such a, a fit of chaos that right. I wouldn't know what's the next step to do, you know, yeah. what, you know. What next? You know, what next? You know, <laughs> like me losing my, my job. You know, uh, I came home. It's like, all right, I need to update my resume. And then I need to start reaching out mm-hmm. to uh, individuals that can help me. And then, you know, I'm going to take the day today to kind of, you know, absorb what's happened. And then tomorrow I'm going to start sending out, you know, resumes and doing applications. And, you know, got to tighten up the, the belt. Can't go spending money like I normally do because mm-hmm. I got to, mm-hmm. you know, be aware of my spending habits until I get another job lined up. Which is difficult, you know, especially when you have friends that are like, there's this really cool story you need to go check out. And uh, it's like, yep, I don't need to do that because the next step is getting an, a job and how to do it. In the past, I would have been freaking out. I would have been, uh, you know, first I would have gone into probably some depression because something I probably did along the way is the reason I got to where I'm at. And then I'd stay there and then it would require me to come out of that muck and then it would be like okay now now what do i do and it would just be this jumble chaos even more now it's just all right what's the next right thing yeah well i I love that and then situations that like it said that used to baffle you you know i can think of something as simple as oh i need to have my car serviced was, right. You know, mm-hmm. suddenly this huge <laughs> inconvenience that I would put off and put off and put off until, you know, right. Mm-hmm. I actually blew up with my car's engine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, because I never had time to do it. I never had resources to do it. And, mm-hmm. and then it was a catastrophe. And, yeah. and now it's just, well, it's, the, it's that time. I'll just go do it. it right. yeah. It'll take me an hour or whatever, you know. That is, uh, I, I, I love that story. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, this was... A couple thoughts that come to my mind, first of all. This sentence was the sentence that really drew me to the ninth, tenth promise the first time I heard it. So this sentence really is powerful for me. And I think it's funny that you bring up your own car. I remember uh, in the heat of my acting out days, I was driving to work one day, and I had allowed my uh, my uh, tag on the back of my plate. I'd let, I'd let my plate expire. Mm-hmm. And I was beyond a point in time uh, of... of and I'd really kind of, I was in an angry spot because I got pulled over. So mm-hmm. I turned the corner, a police officer spotted me turning the corner, 
and uh, pulled me over and said, hey, you know, you ran a red light. And I went off on him. You're in no place to have made the call to say that I ran a red light. You weren't even close to that. It was, you know, I had a yellow light and I turned. And, and he came back and he said, uh, you know, here's the ticket. And, oh, by the way, can I get you a cab? And I said, why a cab? He says, because I'm impounding your car. And I went sideways from there. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> sideways. And as all of this kind of came out, there were a couple of things that happened. That was one of them. I remember also I failed to pay the water bill one time, mm-hmm. and my wife came home, and uh, the toilet didn't flush. The water line, you know, to get a drink didn't turn on. She called the neighbor and said, hey, our water's not working. What's going to He said, well, mine's working just fine. Uh, we had a sticker on our door one time said, hey, you haven't paid your gas bill. So my wife is very attuned to the idea that, hey, when Mike was acting out, our finances were a mess, an absolute disaster. So all the things that I forgot to pay, I missed a car payment once, I missed a house payment couple of things that for a guy in my business that's kind of bad and I I, uh, I was stunned at how just the simple little things were so overwhelming and baffling to me mm-hmm. so uh, all those little things that you talk about yeah. they were the biggest deals in the whole wide world just to get my license plates it's taken yeah. care of the registration <laughs> yeah I haven't got time for that I'm so busy you know <laughs> And then, of course, I get a I get a ticket, and I get to walk to work as a result of that. So it's probably because you were so pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much a part of my addiction too, my pleasantries. <laughs> so yeah, all of that, uh, all of that happened, and so she pays very much attention to that now. If we get a notice in the mail that says, "Hey, you failed to pay a bill," the first thing she thinks of is, is yeah. takes her back to that spot. Now, there's a line that we kind of skipped over that I really do want to go back to. Okay, and it says, you know, it says self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Love that sentence. Yes. And, and um, I, have, I have a habit of when I'm at work, you know, when I'm at work. Now, I, I, uh, people ask me how I'm doing, and I'll say never better. And sometimes... Sometimes I get a lot of interesting reactions. Sometimes sure. they'll look at me and think, "Oh, that's there's no way that's true." Certainly, <laughs> you've been in a better place, or you know, maybe mm-hmm. a day off or on vacation or things like that. Or, right. or certainly, you know, and, and I try really hard to choose my words carefully and to mean what I say. Right. And I thought, I thought, man, am I? Is that just a little? You know, presumptuous. Yeah, is it too, yeah. Is is it, it too is much that, for people? Is that a yeah? Is what what do I mean when I say that? Right. That, you know, is is that actually true? You know, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought, no, that is actually true, because I have one more day of clean time today than I did yesterday. Sure. Yeah. I've never done better. Yeah. You know, and with with that as kind of the basis then, yeah, life throws all kinds of interesting things at me, and it's just something that needs to be taken care of. Right. You know? And sometimes they're pleasant, sometimes they're easy, and sometimes they're hard, but they're just things to be taken care of. Right. And you know what? I really do mean that. And the more you're successful at taking care of those things, you really are never better. Yeah. Because it's just one more evidence of the fact that you're moving in the right direction. That's phenomenal. It's a great point. That's a great point. Great point. Other thoughts? Oh, loads. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? We're only we're only we're only about halfway through this. Sure. So let's go ahead and let's do this in two parts. That's a great idea. Okay. I think that's a great so idea. So 
we're going to uh, let's just wrap part one up and, and jump right into part two. That's a great idea. Okay. With that, this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. And this is Daniel saying, I can't remember. <laughs> this, wow. That's, that's what I get. Something that's, to do with humility. Oh, yeah. Find the humility in your recovery. There, there you it go. is. Man, my brain. It's I, I awesome. I needed a little pump. I needed a little push. So, All right. Stay tuned for part two. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEP-PODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.